Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Illegal86, and I am joined, as always, by my fantastic friends, Nerd Bomber and, and Tactic. Tactic. Hello. Fantactic. Hi. Hello, everybody. We, Sorry. I'm we have a great worried. episode. We have a great episode for you guys. Nerd Bomber is going to just talk like that for the whole episode. <laughs> That's what's going to be great about it. We are going to... Today's video game episode. We're going to be talking xbox we're gonna be talking playstation direct we're gonna be talking those things so if you're a gamer you know mount up i guess is, is what i'll say now that sounded weird I, yeah but i don't love that saddle up boys <laughs> saddle up we're going to we're on a one-way train to game town i don't i don't know before we get into that stuff though i want to get the conversational juices percolating in a way that i often do i was having a conversation with with my mom today Aww. And that's not yeah, what the topic is here, but we were talking about what happened to malls. Oh, they died. Malls are okay, but can we can we unpack that? Because like there's so we're in our neck of the woods, and this is not going to give away where we where we live because this is probably like most places, at least in America. There is a mall that at one point it was happy. it was vibrant. It, it was, was it had the had center bustle. of the community, in my opinion. Everybody went it there. had. Yeah. Do you know what we're I don't understand? About this exact thing. I think malls do have their place because they do. Regular department stores has their place, and like so, you have a town filled with all of these hodgepodge department stores that are commonplace and very widely used. Put those in the fucking malls instead of all the weird kitschy, wow. Wow. like wow. all He's coming out all of the random stores, and then you can like use the spot where all of these ones that were vibrantly traveled and things like that now you have more space for like if you wanted to make a residential area or hell just nice walkable public spaces we're we're changing it this episode is going to be about malls because i have a lot to say about malls so just again saddle up mount up whatever i said before so the mall i'm referring to which nerd bomber i know you at least know what i'm talking about because we both grew up next to this mall i mean it used to have a food court with like the big it had like a burger king in it it had like it had all the places all right nice restaurant not nice restaurants but like big name restaurants it had a bunch of big name stores you're talking pay less shoes you're talking radio shack you're talking famous footwear you're talking jc penny of course like it had all these things it was hopping and like you said and what my mom said the same as you which is that like you would go to the mall at peak mall at least when I was a kid, when we're talking like, you know, the 90s, early 2000s, people would go to the mall, not even to shop. They would go just to go to the mall. And that went away. And I want to like, I want to unpack that because my mom, who obviously is of a gen- different generation than me, it wouldn't make sense if it were any other way. She was like, it's because of the internet. And I don't agree with that. I disagree wholeheartedly, actually. Yeah. Like, I don't agree with that. I think, I think what happened is it's, it's a domino effect, right? Where like, if a mall raises its rent and it's too expensive for one store that's like good, that store will leave. And because that store left, less people will come to the mall. Therefore, less people will go to those other stores in the mall. Those stores will have to leave. And then eventually there's no stores in the mall, except like right now that mall, it's still open. Nerd Bomber, I don't have you guys have you guys been to that mall recently? Yeah, it's we were crazy. in there like, I don't know, maybe six months ago. There's not many the things answer? in there. There's like, I don't know, a Best Buy. It's weird stuff. I think like a lot of weird like there's a cornhole tournament place, which is very confusing, yeah. but like the gate was down and I'm like, What what? 
and a lot of like the stuff that takes over karate dojos yeah there's a lot of stuff that takes over real estate in malls that you would not expect and there's also like a preponderance of stores that they open and they're such niche market things that you're like there's no way you're making enough money to pay the rent on this place so like what are we doing malls are dead meanwhile because disposable income is dead it has nothing to do with the stores. I disagree with that too. I disagree with that too. Like I, I think, I think you're closer certainly than the internet. Like I, it's definitely something economic. But like I, I do, don't I, know. I think exactly it, what is it is an economic thing because if you look back in like the 90s and the 2000s, I mean, I'm looking at like your Hollisters, and granted, this is like the teen era american eagle yeah all of those things were really expensive like i remember i my family personally like we didn't have a lot of hollister stuff because we couldn't afford it but a lot of people did and a single hoodie was like a hundred dollars and like right now i feel like people go to kohl's or target and i'm sure people i mean sheen is so big and i know that's fast fashion but the reason why it's so big and like h&m is thriving still in today's market yeah is because it's cheap and i don't think you because of slave labor first well, of all oh i know over that. that i mean it's yeah. not necessarily ethically cheap but i don't think people yeah. can afford the number of like hundred dollar options because you even go back and i i know a lot of these stores still exist but you had your abercrombie and again i know these are teen stores but if you're abercrombie aeropostale american eagle hollister all of mm-hmm. those were selling like a hundred plus dollar items and people would go to all of them in a single shop- shopping trip and i just don't think that's sustainable so those stores yeah were not sustainable and it's the same thing for adults too i just don't remember what stores were around in like the 90s for adults because i was not one but like i'm assuming like express and i know express is still around as well banana republic yeah banana republic like all of those things were really expensive but people would go to multiple of those stores and i just don't think that's sustainable right now and so if you reinvigorate the middle class you just completely stimulate the economy and bring back malls I'm telling you, it's it literally also, like all of these major, I hate to get super like economist oh, here, get... but like all of these major <laughs> corporations are are trying to get, make the quick bucks and they're being not so nearsighted and got to, got to make profits this quarter. They're slowly but surely completely getting rid of the middle class and eroding any disposable income. And it's going to just late stage capitalism, baby. That's it. But I also think part of it too is for whatever reason, the out parcel and like real estate. And this is actually like a thing. So there was that. What does out parcel mean? So like, I'm not even joking. I don't know what it means. The kind of what there's plazas now, but also like when you go to a mall and there's all the buildings around it, but not connected to the mall, but all the things like basically surrounding the parking lot, those are all out parcels. And those all started cropping up. This is actually like, if you go back in the history of malls, because I went down a rabbit hole on this, like, I don't know, a couple years ago. I want to go. Can you point me to that rabbit hole? Because like, I kind of want to like watch a five-hour YouTube video there, essay on I, why I have to died. dig it up, but there was... like I watched a solid... It was like a 45-minute video one time when I was bored. I think it was like over COVID about like the downfall of the mall. And part of it, too, was the boom in real estate. And so what was happening was all parcels would crop up and these development companies would start, you know, kind of surrounding malls with 
alternative locations for these stores. So then when the lease ran up in the mall, they'd offer a cheaper alternative. And then eventually plazas started coming back again and offered an even cheaper alternative. And then the mall was dying. So then they moved away from the out parcels into dedicated plazas, which is why now like you'll see in a lot of cities like a Target plaza, you know, where it's not a mall centric thing anymore. It's based around one big like superstore. And even within those, like if you watch your local Target Plaza or Kohl's Plaza or what have you, the stores tend to come and go and new plazas are constantly popping up and they're all trying to undercut each other to become, you know, like the center hub of shopping. But then eventually you just end up with a bunch of dead plazas. So this particular mall that we're referring to, like if you look a few of the stores to kind of underline your point, like a few of the stores that used to be in that mall literally left the mall and moved across the street to the strip mall across the street. So location wise, you really haven't changed much. You probably just lowered your rent significantly. And now you have a visible storefront. Like it's, it's very, I, I want to like, I'm inclined to, you know, set, setting aside the idea that this may be, cause like, I also think it may be cultural in the sense of like, in the 80s malls were a huge deal and in the 90s malls were a huge deal and then like it's gonna make me sound like a really old person but like in the 2000s and the 2010s like you mentioned like kids going to malls and like teenagers shopping at malls and now like the world is like categorically less safe or at least so we all seem to believe so like is that part of why it failed setting aside all of that stuff i want to like understand economically i want to like grab the owners of this mall real estate and shake them by the shoulders and say why could you not make this work because it was such a formative part of my childhood going to the mall and i want that for future generations that like got very poignant but like it was like it was a huge deal for me as a kid like friday night get out of elementary school or middle school or whatever and my parents would say we're going to the mall and it was like uh, I don't know, a really idyllic slice of suburbia in a sense. Nah, I'm ten, I'm going to recommend my childhood. I couldn't afford to go to malls. What we did on Friday night is we dug holes for fun. But again, I'm not even saying we went to ball, the mall and bought stuff. Like, yeah, sometimes we did. But like, there were times we would go and it was just, it was just to be there. Like, it was a, a social outing of, of sorts. It's just, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, I spiraled us down a conversational hole that I did not intend for us to go down. But I was just having this conversation today and it like, it really heated me up a little bit of like, why did malls... Because like, is it fair to say now that malls are dead? Like there still are malls, but like they've been kind of eviscerated. Yeah. And I hate that, you know. We need to bring them back. We need to bring back malls. We need to bring back drive-ins. I want to like run for president and that's going to be my stump speech is just that sentence and i think i do pretty malls well malls and drive-ins uh, yeah, drive-ins I, and malls i recommend my approach with stimulate the middle class <laughs> as opposed to yeah. drive-ins and malls but it is like it, it is slap it is a part they're both critical pieces of like middle class americana like when you watch old movies where characters are like quote unquote living the good life they're going to drive-in movies they're going to the mall and like now it's just like that's over and uh again not to, it's, i'm really going like old person shouting at cloud at this point but again it just really heated me up let's talk about games let's 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 make ourselves a little bit happier let's talk about the state of play actually can so, we talk about something that really heated me up and i don't want to hijack this yeah yeah but no we can all go around and do this this is great for me can i i and i know i've heated on this game before Baby in the backpack, which no one's in a backpack in this sequel of this game. But like, 
That's what you think. What? What? what, what? Baby Death Stranding back. too. Death She's getting hot too. with Death Stranding. Oh, oh. Like, okay, I, I thought you were literally talking about a game Now it's like, I think the babies so might be in their bellies, so it's like Baby Bajorn. No, it's game. Samurai Baby. I, I don't know. But like... <laughs> I hated what, that part, by the way. What is happening in this? Like, I'm sorry. What yeah. were the weird little glove hand mask things that were just moving okay. on their own? What was I actually, with the weird... I actually love that. Really? I actually love that. I thought it was so cool. That was like, that was a cool like world building that's but very like, subtle. Why? They don't make no mention of it. What does that good. do? Know, it's cool. No one else had it them. Gives her an extra, gives her an extra pair of hands. I'm I don't excited know no for the cosplay them. around that. I will say. Okay, and then the little, the little keychain guy who felt like a ripoff of Mimir. Of of Mimir, yeah, like, it was a total ripoff of Mimir. And then the guitar guy, which felt like a ripoff of Hi-Fi Rush. What was I happening like that part there? Too, though. Like I like that part too. Well, play Hi-Fi I think Rush it might have also been. Well, it also might have been a, bit, a little bit of a ripoff of like, because there's like Mad Max characters that are like that. If you've ever watched Fury Road, they're kind of like that. They're not like fighting with the guitars, but like they're doing stuff with guitars and they look very much like that. I just, I continue to be confused yeah. by this franchise. And well, somebody, I feel like somebody needs to give me just, a TLDR on what the hell, because no one has been able, able to succinctly explain to me what the hell is happening in this franchise. And... I think you just don't understand it. I guess not. Well, okay. I I don't think I do either. But like, here's here's my thing with this. First of all, yeah, the baby. By part, the way, horrifying. I don't understand horrifying. it either. I'm totally being a jackass. The baby part was horrifying because the baby. You're like, are you in the birth canal? Where are you when you're looking at this baby? I have no idea. And it's got like it's weird crying little black like, tears, inky eyes. Ugh. Yeah, that part was not great. I will say, and as much as we're about to crap on this, we've already started. I. This was this looked better than the first, but in terms of like trailers and like enticing, it looked less me, like a walking simulator. Yeah, it looked like there was a lot more interesting stuff going on. Well, I mean, they made yeah, a I'm joke that they actually go like buy this. gave him a gun. Not that that's yeah, exactly. what makes the game fun, but like looks more fun than just walking around with a baby in a backpack. What I will say is that it looked as did the first one. There's two things about the first trailer and this trailer that are they have in common, which is it visually looked amazing. I don't think you can deny that. And also, Hideo Kojima does not know how to make trailers. He does not seem to know what trailers are because this is not a trailer. I know I said well, I this the first time this when was we talked like to Death Stranding. A like, gameplay reveal, not so much a trailer, right? It, I see the video labeled official game, gameplay trailer. I know for a fact that with Death Stranding, we saw something that was paced out almost exactly the same as this. And it's like, the thing that makes no sense about it, and again, I know the first one did this too, they showed the title like the trailer was going to end like five minutes into a nine minute video. I'm like, what are you doing? Because then afterwards, there's four minutes where you're like, okay, can we just go and be done? And they're like, no, we got four more minutes for you. And I'm like, well, then why did you show the title card like the trailer was ending? And he, It's like they, he literally doesn't know what the trailer is. He doesn't know how to structure it. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah, then there's like a weird crying baby and that makes it worse for me. And then Elf Annie so, shows up randomly. We don't know what she's doing there, but she's there. Who? Elle Fanning. She was the blonde chick at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kinda, like, she, she shows up at the very... She's up to no good, that's for sure. At least that was my takeaway. It was very long, and it... Uh, let me be clear. None of it surprised me. I, again, I did think that there were elements of it that interested me more than the first mega-long gameplay trailer, quote-unquote. But I'm still not going to... This is not going to make me buy and play either one of these games I, this is just it's such an either it's such an either if you like you either like it or you don't situation there are people who saw this and were like oh yes and like put their pre-order money down and what have you 
I guess it's just not for us. And I'm sure that's where we landed the first time when we when we watched this. I don't sure usually like one. revel in hating on something, but like I just I have never been more confused in my life than I have been watching anything related to Death Stranding in the numerous years that I've been exposed to yeah. Death Stranding stuff. And it's just like at a certain point, my brain is just like why why am i subjected well, to this constantly what is this it's priding itself and again based on its seemingly either not knowing or refusing to you know behave as a trailer should the trailer doesn't tell you anything like i remember the first death stranding trailer i was like i don't know what the story was this is just a collection of images that look good and like it's kind of putting out a general vibe but like you end the trailer being like I don't know what the story is and whether I'm even interested in playing this game. It's like, what are we doing here? I'm going to, you know, use that thought to transition into, I hope I'm pronouncing this right because they never said it, the the Fizzint video. And I'm going to just continue to, I th- look, I think Hideo Kojima is a great guy. I think he writes really hilarious video re- or movie reviews on Twitter, by the way, if you haven't l- looked at those. He's clearly a genius. He's made a lot of great games. This video was a waste of time. And I, I think that he was forced to make it. I don't think it's his fault, but it was a waste of time. It didn't tell us anything. And it's he was like, we haven't even started working on it yet, but we're gonna. And I was like, why did I watch this? Am I the only one that felt that way? Because like, I very strongly felt that way. No, I felt the same way. Yeah. Like it's, it gave us a title at the very end, but otherwise it was that other guy who I assume is like some bigwig for Sony. I actually don't know who that guy is. Basically being like holding Hideo Kojima at gunpoint and being like, tell us what you're working on so we can get people to buy our console, please. <laughs> That's what this came off as you know maybe this is just because again i'm not a kojima person but like what about this was supposed to invest me because none of it none of it did i feel like and again i really like i'm sure somebody out there understands his creative genius i don't but sometimes it feels like we're all just expected to see his name and be like, oh man, oh, yeah. this is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm, I'm just not having it. I'm not having it. Well, it's, it's, it's because of Metal Gear Solid. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Like, he made Metal Gear Solid. It was a phenomenon, not without reason. And now I think because of that, he kind of has a blank check. You know, th- there, there are elements of, of what was discussed here that like, that for what it's worth, do interest me. The idea of like, it being like a movie and a game at the same okay. time sounds very interesting. No, I'm about I to get mad for a second. I could have known that was going to happen. I'm going to get mad for a second. People are going to be like, wow, this was so creative. What a great idea. Revolutionary. Great. Freaking, what is the remedy? Tried to do this with Quantum Break and everybody laughed at them and panned the game because it had the tv show in it and sure maybe the execution wasn't top notch but i actually thought it worked pretty well i think maybe if you allowed the tv show to stand on its own and you could watch it whenever and not be forced at a certain point in the game to watch it it would have been fantastic and everybody said that that was a mistake and they laughed at them for it so like what is the difference tell me the difference but everyone's gonna tell him he's a genius i think yeah i think we'll see what the difference is if there is one like i guess my point is today i could have guessed that that that's what this was going to be just based on what death stranding is because that's clearly exactly what death stranding is trying to be and it's what he loves to do so why wouldn't he just do the same thing with this new thing that he's doing i I don't know i I thought this video was a waste of time let's let's yeah we're really like i'm feeling like we're very ranty today so let me like let me try and get a little positive if you'll allow me a moment to do so. 
I'm going to jump around here. I don't, I don't know that I'm going in order of the showcase. I do not know what Dragon's Dogma 1 is or was. Here's my view of Dragon's Dogma 2. This, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. We talked a few weeks ago about the the Xbox showcase. They were talking about what Avowed was. I believe is what the game was called. And we all, I think, kind of agreed that it looked underwhelming and not good. This game it looks like what I want Avowed to be in a lot of ways. I thought the combat looked excellent in this game both in terms of the ranged and the close quarters combat. I was really, really into this. I don't know that it's something that I'm going to go out and buy, if only because I don't know what Dragon's Dogma 1 is. But this was a this was a trailer, man. I thought this was really well executed. I think the gameplay looks really tight. So I was into that one. I don't know how you, I don't know if you guys had any reaction to that one or if you saw I any mean, of it. This is one of those games that, you know, the genre is up my alley. My problem is that I never went back and played Dragon's Dogma 1. And that was one that actually, like, I think they remastered it or at least optimized it for the Switch at one point, And I thought about buying it and I didn't. And maybe if I play that first, like, it looks good, but I always feel weird and icky about jumping into a franchise without having yeah, played the so first Yeah, so same game. here. Absolutely agreed. Same here. So, like, that's, that's my hesitance as well. I don't know dragon's dogma 2012 is when the first one came out so yeah you could could be argued that i'm a little bit behind i don't know i think it looked great like you said it looks genre wise looks like it would potentially be up my alley so i just think especially after the kojima fest that i didn't understand i was like i was kind of into that are there any things that have not yet been mentioned by us that particularly tickled your fancy sonic 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 looked good it looked like, I, I think I, well, I'll let you speak to it, but I think I know why you were into it. Well, specifically, the fact who that you gives like a Sonic. crap about that? I, like, Sonic Side-Scroller was fine when I was a kid, but once I taste it, and I, and I go off on this rant literally every single time any Sonic content comes out. Yeah, this is what I was, this is what I was Once I tasted Sonic Adventure Battle 2, man, that is the type of Sonic that slapped. That's why I raved about Sonic Frontiers, it was my game of the year one of these past years, and like that gameplay just hits so good. And going, they've now added Shadow, and the Shadow part of this game looks exactly like Sonic Adventure Battle 2. We don't talk about the time when he had guns, that's that's like, that doesn't count. That wasn't the gameplay, that wasn't the vibe, it was off. This is great. Throw in some Chow Babies, I'm all in. Yeah, we've talked about Sonic Adventure 2 on this show before. This is this is a game that was on the I played it on the GameCube. We both played it and loved it. Nerd Bomber, I don't remember if you did or not, but I uh, agree complete I agree completely with your with your take tactic, which is that like I think this trailer kind of started as like it's a Sonic side scroller and I was like, "Eh." Like you know that Drake meme that's like it's him going no 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 and then in the next frame it's him going yeah to whatever's next. Like they did the side scroller part and I was doing the no no no. And then they switched to the Sonic Adventure 2 mode. And I was like, and yeah, they even I'm had the big truck, and they showed they showed yeah. like reference to the, the gun, first the, level, the, the city escape, where he's on the on the yeah. on the little piece of plane wing, and he's skating down. Oh my god, that's a, rolling around at the speed of sound. Got places to go. Gotta follow my way home. You know that. You know the beat. You know it. You're gonna go through the whole thing. I I actually don't remember it that well. I haven't played it in a long time. But uh, I got it on Steam too. It's a it's a great game. This looked at least vaguely similar i will say i don't know how much i would pay for a sonic game i question the the level of depth that can be achieved by a sonic game is that unfair of me yeah although i I will say even like the gameplay even the games that like slapped at the end of the day it's always guys 
we did it. And you know what the secret to doing it was? Friendship. Teamwork. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Sonic Frontiers a little bit different, though? It's friendship. Seriously, it was friendship. Huh. Friendship (laughs) and, like, it turns out he had a daughter all along. (laughs) Like, that was it. Sonic had a daughter? No, Eggman. Eggman. Eggman had it. Like, she had, like... Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Yeah, she... we'll, We'll bleep that. We'll bleep it out. It's been out. We should... We should bleep stuff in, in our episode. I think that would be really funny. I would keep, get the people going. Nerd Bomber, anything that uh, really tickled the giblets, so to speak? Judith, sorry, I thought I looked really that. good. I yeah, like... I'm interested. I like Bioshock. Judith. The one thing that always got me about Bioshock was that it was a little too creepy. So Bioshock Infinite then was like right up my alley because it still had some like level of unsettling you know, environments and characters and stuff like that. But it was just not as many jump scares. It was that everything was just a little bit lighter. Like you weren't wandering around in the dark. And so this looks a little bit more akin to, I guess, infinite in that it you're not wandering around in the dark, dark. There's just weird stuff going on and you have powers. And so that's the kind of stuff I like. And I don't know. It just looked neat. I like the art style of these type of games, too. Also, the trailer was fantastic. Where they're like, yeah, you're so, gonna, you're, you're a frog boiling, and then you don't even know until it's too late. I was like, oh my god, tell me more, lady, <laughs> tell me more. Yeah. So, creator Bioshock made this game. It looks, it looks very similar to Bioshock. I would say, like, I did like the trailer a lot. The trailer is making a lot of. It, it was very. Uh, I don't know if salacious is the right word, but like, it was just dropping a lot of world is like we're gonna do a lot of world building and you're gonna you're gonna like it that was like the main thing they were like oh there's and we're in this hat that says i shamed judas and like is the ship that they're on called judas what is judas and like the shirts they're all wearing i i had a lot of i had a lot more questions than answers which i'm not saying is a bad thing to have in a trailer of appropriate length hint hint that's death stranding but yeah they, they showed us a little bit of combat basically they basically confirm i think what this trailer was designed to do and what it did do is basically confirm okay guys the creator of bioshock is making another game that's basically bioshock so if that's what you wanted which it probably is then we'll take your money like that was its mission and i think it fully succeeded in accomplishing that yeah and they can have my money i think they can have mine too i you know i i really i I, you know i it's the weirdest thing we talked about this on the show before I couldn't get into Infinite. I haven't tried in a while, admittedly, but like I initially tried. And I think I, I think at the time I might have just been like done with Bioshock. I was just like, I'm going to move on. But Bioshock 1 was like, man, that game was freaking incredible. Yeah, and you know what the key such, was? Such a big fan. I bought Bioshock 1 in a GameStop mall. That is that actually true? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I actually might have done the same thing. I might have bought Bioshock in a, in a, in a mall. I don't know. Actually, it would have been in a GameStop in a mall. Shout out to GameStop, another potentially dying company. Yeah, Judas looked cool. I want to... We don't have to belabor this because I know this is like the most non-Nerd Bomber game maybe in the history of games. I don't know anything about Silent Hill. Let me say that. The I, short message I thought Silent Hill pretty interesting. Was, was based on like a bunch of inbred cannibals. I'm very confused about... No, that's the, the hills... That, that's, isn't that the hills have eyes? Oh, yeah. And they weren't think, very quiet about it. Yeah, I think you're describing the Hills Have Eyes, which I've never seen, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, about. I think you're right. And that's why these are Silent Hill, because they're a little more... Sh- Silent Hill, the short message is... First of all, it's free. So, like, right away, bingo, bango. If I don't have to know a whole lot about Silent Hill, then I'm in to just... It looks like just play a spooky walking simulator. That's what this looked like. I don't think you're going to be doing a whole lot, except for, like, opening doors and running away from stuff. And if the mood hits you right, that can be really fun, and this looks pretty decently produced. So 
I don't know that it's a good jumping in point for Silent Hill. It may be the kind of thing that I play it and I'm like, I don't understand what just happened, but I had a good time. And then I kind of just like walk away from it. I'm, I'm going to come flying in with a hot take again. Sorry. Please. So between this and Death Stranding, I saw some weird stuff, right? Is everybody the okay? Like, who's no. coming up with this stuff? And are you okay? Do you need a hug? Why was there a creature that had legs on top and bottom? And yeah, I know that was Silent Hill too. Yeah, that no, was a I, I know. Game. No, but I have questions about that too. No, I, the, like, but like between Death Stranding and Silent Hill too, like, are y'all good? I mean, I'm personally okay. <laughs> no, but I'm like, personally okay. But like, is that I, I so you, you okay out there? I I was yeah. Like, I will say Silent Hill two. I was confused by because I was like, this is. I think it's supposed to be a remaster, but it looked like a it looked like it was like a GameCube game graphically. I bet you and the like, That's the graphic artists that were in charge of these games are the like most happy go lucky people you've ever met too. Yeah, they're maybe they may be pouring their discontent into this and then like just going home and living the best life, you know? Ten out of ten recommend. <laughs> I, I I hope that for them. I yeah, Silent Hill too, same thing. I was like Maybe I should have played Silent Hill and like been invested in that because it looks like a franchise that I might you know get some mileage out of because I like I like scary stuff you know. It's, you could you could argue though that Silent Hill too with the with the leg people might be a bridge too far because yeah it's it's spooky stuff. Or as Nerdbomber would put it, is everyone okay? Which is a, I think probably a valid question. What else do we want to discuss here? I think we got a, we had a lot of other I don't want to call it filler, but a lot of like, hey, this is a game you already knew about and it's coming up soon. Is there anything we want to explicitly make mention of before moving on? No. (laughs) Okay, Uh, we will move on. If we miss something that you were particularly jazzed about, you you can just go ahead and uh, hit us up on Twitter, at OWLE86, at OWTechnic, at OWNerdBomber, and our main show account, at OnlineWarriors1. The one thing we didn't mention, I want to just give a quick passing drive-by to. I think Until Dawn was great. That didn't look like a very good remaster. It looked pretty half-baked, and I don't know if I'm on board with that. I think I would rather they made it like an Until Dawn 2 or something. So it's a great concept. So talk to us about that or anything else we talked about or anything we didn't talk about over on the Twitter sphere. We're going to take a short break and come back to talk about Xbox. We're going to flip the script. No more Sony. Actually, it's kind of both, but we're going to be talking mostly about Xbox. Before we do that, though, before we take our break and come back, it's that time in the episode. Mr. Stephen Keller, take a bow, my friend. Stephen has been supporting us at the highest of our three levels of Patreon support, which is the night level. He is a producer on this show. As a result, he gets input into the weekly game segment. He gets this shout out every episode. He gets the occasional guest spot on the show. And he, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog. There are three levels of Patreon support. The second level is the Squire level of support, which gets you access to the Patreon. Oh, gosh. Gets you access to the secret segment and the vlog. And there's also a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. If you want to know how to support the show, give back to us and consider helping this show keep itself going, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Take a look at the details there and consider hanging out with us. Thanks again to Steven. And we will be right back to talk about Xbox. Hey everyone, my name is Josh and I am the host of the Still Loading Podcast. On Still Loading, I talk about retro and modern video games, video game history, as well as some goofy projects such as an episode of dramatic readings of video game manuals. I've also had composers like Austin Wintory, Andrew Prallo, and Chad Sider on to talk about their upcoming projects. New episodes are released every other Sunday at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. 
If you want to check out the show, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. We are going to talk now about Indiana Jones and the Great Circle and also Starfield. We talked about Indiana Jones a couple weeks ago. I don't think it was last week. I think it was the week before that. This got a big trailer at the Xbox Dev Direct. People are very excited about it. I think I had some not so nice things to say about it when we talked about it, but at the end of the day, it's Indiana Jones. It's splashy. It's going to get a, it's going to put a lot of butts in the seats as they say in the biz. Uh, The news coming out now is that that game, as well as possibly Starfield, are reportedly being considered for PS5, potentially indicating a new multi-platform approach within Microsoft for certain Xbox games. And you said you're not going to play it. forward. So, first of all, I maintain that opinion. I don't know that I will play it. Second of all, to get into more specifics, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle would launch exclusively on Xbox and PC in December 2024 and would arrive on PS5 after a quote-unquote rather short period that could just be quote-unquote some months later. There are other games with which this is rumored, Hi-Fi Rush and the Sea of Thieves. Starfield, as I mentioned, has also had rumors of this treatment as well. Let Let me start the conversation by asking this. Given the fact that, you know, a lot of people play PlayStation and playstation only and would buy these games and give microsoft money is this particularly surprising i think yes because if they do decide to make this move it almost spells the end of the xbox brand or hardware at least because when you have exclusive games the intent and purpose of having exclusive games is to drive hardware sales if you get rid of that, and especially I know in the past too, they've also thought about, you know, trying to get Game Pass on other platforms. That kind of says to me, you're moving away from hardware and now you're just focusing on making games or making a service. <sighs> okay. I think that's a reasonable statement. I, I, I guess when you color this in the context of what Sony does, which is they make PlayStation exclusives that actually remain exclusives, it does seem a little bit like they're... The writing. I don't, I don't know what... I don't know what the expression would be. Maybe that's the one. But like, I guess I see it as, okay, more people will buy your games. But I guess, is it fair to say that they're abandoning their stalwarts? Or like, are they are they betraying people who were like, oh, I'm going to get an Xbox because Starfield's on Xbox and not PlayStation? Like, are people going to be mad about it is another question well, that I it's, would have. It's sort of interesting because doesn't Microsoft, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they own the studio that created Starfield? Yeah. And so... Yes. It's you, a first-party game. It's it's a bit of a conflict of interest, right? They have to say, well, if we have a console exclusive, then we're only going to sell this game on our console, but we're not going to make money on, our, on the game after that. Versus if we only right. own the console, then we don't care about game sales. And so by- I, I don't think you're kind of putting them in two separate buckets, and I think they're kind of one and the same in a way. I think you can still make money on a game if you have an exclusive game for your console if you have the install base i mean look at what playstation does god of war spider-man those did not lose money because they were exclusive to playstation and i don't even necessarily know if that drove console sales at this point because i think almost everybody that's a little bit too much of a broad sweeping statement but the install base of ps5 is fairly high at this point where they're just making games to make good games and to keep their ecosystem thriving but they're still making money on those games like they're not losing money on those games it's not a lost leader yeah i think i agree you know i do i wonder the extent to which this is a reactionary move 
you know i i don't i guess i don't know exactly how starfield has done like commercially for microsoft are they seeing the numbers with starfield and saying oh crap we need to pivot because this is not this is not filling the coffers the way we thought that it would that's i guess a guess as to why they're considering making this move my concern with this whole thing if this does spell the end for you know xbox as the hardware like a physical console it makes me a little wary about the future i don't like you know a single player in the console yeah, game you want competition you want, to drive competition exactly you want competition like if you look back and the reason why we have games like god of war 2018 the entire spider-man franchise horizon the last of us the reason why those games exist is because playstation fell behind xbox in the 360 ps3 era and so they needed to write the ship when the playstation 4 came along or i guess the last of us was ps3 but they needed to write the ship and they did so by creating these blockbuster experiences that became must plays. And so people started dipping their toes back into the PS4 instead of, you know, staying faithful to the Xbox ecosystem. And that's yeah. been one of the major critiques for the last two generations of Xbox. They don't have that singular title. They thought Starfield might be it, but that didn't drive enough sales. And I think, unfortunately, I think it's just because they released it too late into the console cycle. Like if it came out with the release of these two consoles this generation, I think maybe it would have swayed people because if I'm remembering right, the PlayStation 5 didn't launch with anything specifically. And I think only having one hardware player in the game is just really bad. And I know Microsoft will still make games, but what's going to then push the hardware forward? And I know you can say the Switch is out there, but I feel like the Switch and the PlayStation slash Xbox, like those are two different genres of console. They don't necessarily push each other. I don't know. It just feels bad if that's the path that Xbox is taking. So I think the big PS5 launch title was Miles Morales. But that also came out on PlayStation 4. It did. But I know that when I got my PS5, it came with Miles Morales. Like it was, I think it was quite often bundled with the PS5. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I agree with everything you said. I, I also, I want to discuss the extent, if any, to which uh, Game Pass plays into this. You know, does Game Pass still provide the fact that you're going to get Starfield on Game Pass? Starfield was on Game Pass, right? I assume it is. Right, but Nerd Bomber had it just is. mentioned that they're looking at Game Pass being more of a cross-platform thing, and so well, okay. if you get rid yeah, of that, I, your console's kaput. Yeah, I think it would make more sense for them to keep Game Pass on the xbox and basically say hey you know if you have if you're in the xbox ecosystem you can play starfield for free on on release day if you're on ps5 you're going to play it months down the road and you're going to have to pay for it to me that's a perfectly reasonable sell to try and to, to continue to draw people to your console while also making money off of you know ps5 players i, just I don't know. know for sure how the dollars and cents would work out but that's that's the angle i would go if you're going to expand to other consoles you still need to maintain some kind of tether to your console base to make it enticing for them i just know i'm a little bit of a stubborn asshole right and I own both consoles, but sometimes like I just want to play a game on a specific console for whatever reason, like either, you know, I've played previous entries in that game on a specific one and I want to keep it like congruent in case my save game carries forward, what have you. I will wait. Like that is what I think the the timed exclusive thing, like I think they underestimate, especially in this economy. I know we're circling back now, oh, yeah. bringing it back full circle. People are okay with waiting. You know, I love waiting. I mean, God, I just played god of war 
for the first and granted i wasn't like jonesing for it when it first came out but like there have been plenty of games where i've been like i want to play this very badly but like i am a i'm a patient guy i have other things i can do with my time and like for me yeah it's most for me it's mostly it's not a matter of like which console it's out on it's more a matter of like i'm gonna wait for until the game's not 70 dollars and i'm gonna buy it and that's worked out for me more times than i can count so like i don't I agree with you completely. I think that's generally underestimated by the game industry of like, you know, gamers having power of will. And like, I'm not saying that all of us do because some of us definitely don't, but like people can wait. And I know for me, yeah, I would not, I would never, because of timed exclusivity, I would never go out and buy an Xbox. Even if like, I don't even know what game would have to come out on Xbox for me to be like, I need to go buy an Xbox right now. Yeah, I don't know. This is an interesting move. Hasn't been confirmed. I should note that. Has not been confirmed that this is going to happen. This is, at this point, a rumor. But I think, in particular, Indiana Jones releasing cross-console would be pretty splashy. So, we'll have to keep our eye on that. And again, on Twitter, let us know what you think of this move. Handles mentioned previously in the episode. Let's have a conversation about console exclusivity and, uh, you know, whether Xbox is potentially doing the right thing by executing this plan or not. It's what are you up to Wednesday time. This is a, this is a big one for me. And I don't mean a big one in that I have a lot to talk about. It's just that every so often a thing comes along in my life and happens and I'm I experience it so fully that I'm like I need to really really emphasize how good it is on the podcast. In this case, that thing is a show on Netflix called Beef. Are you guys familiar with this show? Oh yeah. Beef. We watched this. Sorry, you got you said you watched it? Yeah. Yeah, we watched this. Yeah, it's about two guys, people that had beef with each other. It was so good. Uh my wife and I watched it Weird in like ending, three days. But good. I I you know, that's like that's a reasonable take. The last episode is very strange, without getting into spoilers. I kinda liked it. Like I liked where it I liked where it ended up. The it, Steven Yoon is like he's like the best actor ever. I think we're kind of all learning. Like he was in Walking Dead and people were like, uh huh. And then he like he was in like Minari and now this and like People are like, oh, he has wow. quite he's an like, impressive like, range. It's, it's yeah, surprising. He, I, I, him and Ellie Wong both were good. I thought he was better. She was a little like, bit grating, but I think that was intentional on her personality. It's the point. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're driving the show. It's such a good show. It It's a very timely show, it feels like, because it's there's a constant undertone of dissatisfaction that I think a lot of us feel in our lives at a fairly constant rate. And I don't mean that as like, oh man, we all have bad lives. I just think that like, I think things in today's society encourage us to feel that way a lot. And I think this touched that nerve if very effectively for me, at least. It's 10 episodes. As far as I know, there's only one season. I've read some things that suggest that they could do more. What I will say is that it's a, it's, they're half hour episodes, 10 episodes. It's not a huge time impact to watch it. And I can't recommend it enough. Also, amazing needle drops. Like, every episode had at least one needle drop. Seemingly from, like, this era of time from, like, the mid-2000s and, like, the late 90s that was just banger after banger. And then that heightened the experience. So, again, beef on Netflix. Also, I should note that when my wife first suggested watching this show, I thought it was about two chefs that were fighting, and that's why it was called beef. That's They're hilarious. not chefs. Neither one of them is a chef. That's a... I made that part up. But they are fighting they get into a beef and it and it escalates yeah that's really all i had to to talk about i just really wanted to say that it's a great show also it's for and part of the reason my wife and i watched it is that it's it recently won like a jillion emmys 
and like Golden Globes. Everyone's like, this is the best thing ever. And I can confirm after watching it that they are all well-deserved. So check it out. I don't really have anything else to update on. I'm still reading Murtaugh. It's going well, but it's a long book. So like, I'm not going to give many more thoughts until I get to the end of it. Bearing all that in mind, I'll swing it over to Tectic to continue carrying us along. So another good show to check out is Wolf Like Me. We, I haven't really been up to much this past week, just kind of the same old, same old working on the game and stuff. But Wolf Like Me is sort of a short show, fills in the, the voids when I don't feel like being productive. And it's kind of an interesting premise if you, if you we're on season two. And the premise is a single father gets back into the dating world, but the person who he falls in love with turns into a wolf on the full moon. And so it's navigating the whole life about that. I don't want to give spoilers into season two, so we're just going to keep it vague at season one. That's that premise. And it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's not like top tier show, but like it's entertaining is, is what I'm going to say. There's a lot of things that I'm like, oh, why, do, why would they do it that way? That's dumb, but entertaining. So that's my rave review. Probably not rave, but definitely a review. And uh, I'll kick it over to Nerd Bomber. So the other thing that we basically did was watch the Grammys. It's been one of those weeks where it just felt like it flew by and I don't really know what I did. So the Grammys is really the one thing that I can kind of like lock in on. I haven't watched the Grammys in a really long time, probably since I was in like middle school. I just usually do not pay attention. Of course, you know, as a Taylor Swift fan, there was rumors of a album announcement. And of course there was. She announced a new album, not the Reputation re-recording, but a new album dropping in April. But I was also watching, you know, for a few other artists that have been really digging lately. Boy Genius basically swept, I mean, they didn't sweep all of their nominations because I think they went up against Taylor Swift for like album of the year and clearly she won that. But they won three Grammys. Noah Khan, Victoria Monet, I don't know you, sorry, but... Noah Kahn's my boy and he got robbed, I think. <laughs> if only for the fact that Victoria Monet, from what I've heard, has been Grammy nominated before and she won for Best New Artist. And uh, my boy Noah has never been Grammy nominated before. So I don't know what classifies new artist, but uh, hey. But I mean, it was cool. Celine Dion showed up. I love my girl Celine. She's a legend. And I don't know. It's just neat. How was Trevor Noah? He was actually quite right, funny. Can I, ask that? I enjoyed yeah. his monologue. I'm closely closely monitoring award show hosts because like i still he was, think he was there's better no he way to do it well okay yeah i would I'd say buy that I, li I like him well enough so the only thing that was a little bit cringy and i don't know if this is a fault of him because like you have to transition somehow but like after a performer he'd be like all right all right during the clapping and it's just like can we just instead of doing that because like then they'd have him talk a little bit like i would have preferred from a production standpoint after the performance they just like fade to and coming up instead of that but is he like trying to quiet the crowd down is it like is it saying all right all right like that him, like, a little, him being it's like, like right, stop clapping 50 50 you know like he's sort of cheering with them like, but also trying to like transition past the applause yeah, he, and it's he, like he's in charge of moving the show along right. probably they're probably there's probably a producer in his ear being like they're, they're, they're clapping too long you gotta move them along so like, he goes all right all right i don't fault him for that but that was my only beef with him otherwise i thought he was funny his jokes were on the mark and not offensive and you know what more can you ask for he basically took the same humor from his show where he doesn't laugh, he doesn't make jokes to make, make poke fun of people, but he pokes fun at the system that is the world holistically, and I think that's in good taste. Well, he's not on the, that show anymore, which speaking of which, mini news, did you hear who's taking over that show? I think on like Monday nights now until the election is over. Jon Stewart, he's coming back. 
Interesting. Show. Wasn't yeah. he? Didn't he have his own Apple show? Or is that over? Yeah, I now? think that died. I don't know. It might. It either died or it's like not. It's like there's seasons of it, and it's there between seasons. Which, if Severance is any indication, means we're gonna be waiting like six years until the next season. Shout out to Severance. We want season two. We want it now. Yeah, I didn't watch the Grammys. I don't. I don't. This is gonna sound like a very douchey thing to say, for lack of a better term. But I just like don't listen to popular music of any kind. So I kind of like don't care. That's like that's like my, and it's been that way for many many years. And uh, it's probably the way it's going to remain. I'm glad it was enjoyable. I guess that's also kind of me continuing my tirade against award shows. I don't even know if I'm going to like watch the Oscars and the Oscars are like kind of my thing. I'm just kind of like sick of award shows. So with that in mind, let's do a quiz about ancient Egyptian gods. How does that sound? We'll really round this thing out. The quiz tracking, the quiz records. I'm at three and one, guys. This is big for me. I'm in the lead right now. Tactic is at two and one, Nerd Bomber at two and two, Steven, one and oh. Congrats. So, Nerd Bomber, you have a chance to leapfrog Mr. T today. Tactic, do you mind if I call you Mr. T? Do you pity the fool? Would you say you pity the fool? Mr. T is my father's name. I prefer just T. Just T? You got a T. All right. We're going to talk about ancient Egyptian gods. I have five questions in front of me, all of them numerically based. You guys know the drill. You get one answer of one or a plus one per game. Given the Tactic is currently in the lead, he will go first and answer the first question question i had to get a little creative with these there's not a lot of numerical facts surrounding ancient egyptian gods so you're just gonna have to bear with me here one egyptian god of note is seth it might actually be pronounced set but it's spelled like seth how many baby boys in 2021 were born and named seth this is this is how this quiz is gonna be guys really stretching the definition but i think it's in a fun way and i go first uh no tactic goes first because he is in first place that's right 342,000 Seths. I feel like we live in an era where names are not Seth. I'm going to say 5,000. I, 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 I want to put that, let's put that on a t-shirt. I feel like we live in an era where where <laughs> names are not Seth. First of all, this is funny. So I, I like, I guess I don't know how many babies are born a year, but I, you guys both flew way past the mark. Really? 597 is what I have. That's it? Seth. I mean, I guess... 597 Seth. I think Seth is, has... I think you're right, Nerd Bomber, that Seth has gone out of style, but I also think that, like, maybe not that many babies are born. 342,000 seems like a lot, but maybe maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. Someone... In this economy? In that tracks. Ha! The middle class. Sorry, this is a... Okay, so in 2023, there were 134.28 million babies born in the United States. What? That's like a third of the population of the country. That doesn't make any sense. The birth rate for the U.S. in 2023 was 12 births per 1,000 people. Well, then the numbers don't make sense. 12 births per 1,000 people, and there's 330-something million people in this country. Well, you're forgetting deaths. People die, too. And it's going is it down. That, is it that many? Is the math mathin? We'll, we'll, we'll back that out later. I have I find a hard I find it hard to believe that over if over a hundred million babies are being born, only five hundred ninety seven of them are being named Seth. So uh, either you're wrong or I am. Because well, because well, you got you got you got Braxton, Saxton, I don't know, Aiden, Aiden, Caden, Braden. About a million a million Aidens. Look, I'm just telling uh, okay. you what Bing told me. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll, I might check my facts. That may be an invalid question, but we'll we'll deal with it if the. If the if if there's cause. You know what would be a cool baby name? Side note, Cage. I don't I don't know that I agree. 
we can talk about that offline uh what is the earliest appearance of egyptian gods in you know just documented history in 2021 the cdc reported a total of three and a half million births okay that's still a lot i'll have to check my answers nerd bomber what is the earliest appearance of egyptian gods in recorded history i'm looking for a year i'm gonna say 50,000 bc that's a really good guess yeah what one out of every 3,117 babies born in 2021 are named Seth. So it's really just a really unique name at this point. That's kind of fascinating. I'm going to cut it in half and say 20,000 BC. E. So we had 50,000 and 20,000 BC? Yeah. All right. Uh, Tectic takes the point. 3,100 BC. I think you guys, I think the, the falling down point here might have just been that you guys thought ancient Egypt was older than it is. No, I know exactly how old it is. And I know she flew way over. So that's a... That's a point for T-Dog. <laughs> Moving right along, how many Egyptian gods are there, reportedly? It's a bit of an inexact figure, but, you know, just, just try to ballpark it for me. And again, Tactic will go first this time. 100. No, 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 150. Okay. Good correction, Nerd Bomber. 151. It's like, Rum. That's, that's when Mew, Mew dropped and we were like, oh, There's plus one. Used to great effect. It's actually over 2,000, guys. That's the answer, by the way. Over 2,000. So I was hoping one of you wasn't going to say 2,000. That would have been awkward. Luckily, you weren't even close. Uh, so Nerd Bomber takes the point, and it's all tied up going into question four. These last two questions, I think, are my my, my piece de resistance of questions. So just really strap in. You guys all know the sun god. Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> star, star, star wide receiver of the Detroit Lions. How many receptions did Amon Ross St. Brown have this year, including playoffs? 115 receptions. And tactic, over to you. That's that's a gamesmanship answer. Oh, also, Nerbaum, I'm going to give you a chance to issue a correction. It's actually only the regular season. If you want to change your answer, you can. I'm not saying you Yeah, I'm going to go 105. Okay. One. <sighs> tactic, that was a waste. He actually, Nerd Bomber, your first answer was incredibly close. He had 119 oh, regular snap. season receptions and 22 in the postseason. The, the dude the dude balls real hard. He's real good. Uh, if you're not a fantasy football player, you, 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 if, you, and if you become one, you should draft him next, next season. So Nerd Bomber's ahead going into the last question. Tactic, you have a chance to tie it up here and take us into tiebreaker and force me to quickly try and find a tiebreaker. So I don't know whether you want to do that. It's, it's, it's totally up to you. You do go first, though. The hit 1999 film, The Mummy. Of course. Who was the daddy? What did it pull in at the What did it pull in at the box office in USD? 1.2 million. Wait, global or, or US? You said you had 1.2 million. I actually didn't specify. I believe we're talking globy, globy, oh, globe. Okay, can I change my answer? Yeah, we're we're t- you can change your answer. We're talking 15 global. 15 million. This was this was a and blockbuster. A 30 mil. Yeah, you guys are orders of magnitude off the pace. Uh, Nerd Bomber takes it. 416.4. Guys, this movie was amazing. Really? 15 million? What the heck? I'm insulted on behalf of this movie. 416.4 million. So Nerd Bomber takes it home. Yeah, this is this movie in which uh, they search for the book of Amon Ra. Amon Ra St. Brown's book, his playbook. They're looking for it for this whole movie. Great movie. You should all watch it if you haven't watched it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Nerd Bomber takes it home. Tactic, she kind of smoked you, man. I mean, you know, I don't know. You might need to use this as motivation. You should feel bad. Training. 
Nerd Bomber moves to three and two, Tactic to two and two, therefore being leapfrogged. However, I still remain top dog percentage wise at three and one. Actually, Steven is top dog percentage wise at one and oh. We'll be back next week to hit you with another quiz. I suspect next week, I don't usually do next week's episode teasers. If only because, you know, life happens and maybe this won't actually be what we talk about. But I imagine next week we might talk about Super Bowl commercials. We'll see. I guess it really depends on what commercials are good. But that's, again, something that we'll have to assess. In the meantime, we hope you all have a great week. You can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of the show, whether you liked it, whether you didn't like it, whether you just felt kind of whatever about it. That's that's totally fine, too. Hit us up over there. Hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Hit us up on Twitter. Handles mentioned previously in the episode. And uh, stay safe. Keep on podcasting.